0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: For everything. For
1: For everything Indy.
0: For everything Colts. It's the Blue Horseshoe Now. now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Brimmer, as always, here with you. A very, very loaded show, as you can tell. This is released a day later, in part. We wanted to wait to see what the Colts were going to do at the trade deadline. They did make one move. We'll get into that as nine Hines now headed to Buffalo. We also had another change in the offense. Marcus Gray, the latest to get the ax. He has been fired on Tuesday. The Colts announced we'll get into that. And to close of the show, folks, do not go on air. you want to listen to this at the end of the show, George has a very strong hot take. Now, which retirement was more impactful and kind of hurt the Colts long-term between Andrew Luck and Philip Burr? So we got a loaded show, as you can tell. So first of all, George, have you calmed down that hot take? It's sizzling. It's in burnout for the last 48 hours. Have you cooled it down at least for the next few minutes here?
1: I'm going to keep it on simmer now <laughs> until we get to the third segment. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the, you know, the Colts keep distracting me with all this news. I'm trying to, trying to throw hot takes out here and, and I got to do work. What, what's yeah, up it's with like, that?
0: It's like they knew this was coming. Said, oh, How can we distract it? How can we just bury the lead? And they, like I said, they have Marcus Brady getting fired. And now you have the, the trade deadline as well. They, the Colts have tried their hardest. Give them credit. They could not, uh, get the job done. That hot take will be coming out here in a little bit. like I said, we are recording this on Wednesday right after the trade deadline is coming on. The Colts make one move. They trade Naeem Hines uh, to the Buffalo Bills. They get Zach Moss back in a conditional sixth-round pick that potentially could turn into a fifth-round pick. I'll be honest, George. If you said one player was going to be traded, I know the last 24 hours is kind of being rumored and, and there was momentum to Naeem Hines being traded. I would not have guessed that the one player being traded on the Colts would be Naeem Hines.
1: No, I wouldn't have either. Uh, I don't think it was entirely the team's decision. Um, his agent, I think, was pushing for this a little bit. And I think it's something that Naheem was not. Let's just say he wasn't opposed to the idea of of this move taking place. Nice way uh, so you, can I, push it, you can put it. Yeah, yeah. And would I would hate it hey, straight out of here. He would never have been a, a problem in this locker room. I don't think he was ever going to be a guy who was you know, going to stand out and, and – Criticize everybody, and you know, it isn't going to turn into what it looks like Brandon Cooks might turn into down in Houston. I don't think that was ever, you know, the path this was headed down. And it's honestly, I think it's also doing a solid for a good guy. I mean, you've got a guy who's who's been the good soldier here, you know, since he got drafted in 2018. Um, they, they've promised him that they're going to use him in different ways. And you know, this year they come out and say if Frank Reich had a fantasy team, he would draft him to that team and, and it really hasn't changed his role really hasn't changed much uh through that whole stretch give him a chance to go to buffalo and you know what uh he's such a great guy i think everybody involved in, in that indianapolis franchise is hoping that you know he, he gets his ring this year i mean that's that's the storybook ending for him go up to buffalo you know be a gadget guy up there get to play in a really fun offense with josh allen and maybe go win a super bowl um good deal for for Nahim naheem Ni- 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 hines I don't see it as much of a good deal for the Colts. Um I, I mean, I'm just going to be blunt. They they got back a bad running back and they got a pick that is not very useful. I mean, it, we've seen Chris Ballard do things in that area of the draft the 6th and and 5th round. I mean, right now they're starting quarterbacks a 6th rounder, so maybe I shouldn't underplay it uh, <laughs> to this extent, but uh it's just it, I to me, when you make a move, one of three things should happen: you should get better right now. That wasn't the result of this draft. No, sir. You should get, you know, some kind of draft assets back that that can make you better in the future. That doesn't seem to be the result of this draft, or it should be a signal to everybody: okay, we're we're, we're waving the white flag and we're done. And that really wasn't this trade either. So I, the the only thing I can see that that the Colts get out of this is saving some money. You know what I mean? Naeem Hines just signed, uh, was it last year, the the contract extension, and now that goes on Buffalo's ledger. That, to me, is kind of the loan benefit I feel from this deal right now.
0: And it's, the first part of that is, like it's not like Jim Mercer has ever been a penny pincher. He's not, you know, he'll spend. If it means winning, he is not shy about spending money. So it's like, you, I think you're 100% right because it's it kind of is just a budget-save move because otherwise, there's no real rationale behind it. And that's kind of like, I have two takeaways from that. And one of them is just kind of like, you kind of lie to everybody because when they bench Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger, the rationale, the thought, the explanation was, well, we're going to give Sam a shot and we're going to give him 10 games. They announced right away. He's going to be the starter for the rest of the season, which is basically a de facto tryout, right? We're going to see what this kid has. They've been talking about him. They've been raving about him. We saw glimpses in the preseason against third and fourth stringers. And it's, there's potentially a thought. Now, both of us were kind of skeptical, and we didn't really buy into that Sam Ellinger is going to turn into, let's say, Jalen Hurts 2.0 and win the job and, and and be the answer for the Colts at the starting quarterback. But what you're doing in trading away Naeem Hines is you're taking away an opportunity for Sam Ellinger to win the job. Like If you truly want to give him the best chance in 10 games to see what he can do and see if he could be the answer... Taking away one weapon, a useful weapon, is not is not how you see if Ellinger can do it or not. I get they misused him, and I get especially Hines' frustration for sure. Where like you mentioned it, Frank Reich basically promised we're going to get him involved heavily this year in the run game, in the pass game, and that was just not, like just come whether it's just game planning, just flat out lie in the preseason, or just couldn't you know get it done. They failed to do that, and so sure you can make the argument it's not really that you know that impactful on the Colts offense, and they couldn't get the most out of him anyway. But you, nonetheless, you take away a player that we saw even on Sunday against the Commanders had more of an involvement and was at least getting the ball a little bit more often and in better places to succeed with Sam Ellinger quarterback than with Matt Ryan this year. And now you take away that weapon. And again, you make Sam Ellinger's job that much harder. So it just kind of goes back to when you bench Matt Ryan in the first place, it's more for a tank, which is kind of what we thought, than it is giving Sam Ellinger a trial because now we're taking away one of his weapons and key pieces you're not truly giving him a fair and full opportunity to win the job.
1: Yeah, you're definitely not giving him, you know, the, the full compliment on, on offense. You definitely didn't make anything easier on him with this move. Uh, again, I think it was more driven on on hindsight. Uh, you know, I don't think it was something the team necessarily sought out as much as it was something that maybe the player wanted to happen. And, and again, I to me, it's mostly just doing a solid to a guy who's been a really good soldier here, you know, giving him a chance. Saying, okay, you know what? You'd rather be somewhere else. Uh, we'll see what we can do. And, and you're able to swing that deal with the Bills. Uh, it's a really good deal for Naeem Hines. Not a really good deal for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Maybe I'm wrong, George, but you mentioned before, like Naeem Hines is a, is a good soldier. He's not a guy that's going to cause problems. And if he wasn't traded, I personally have a hard time and couldn't envision him causing a stink or tweeting cryptic tweets on social media and kind of just being a problem. If they said, you know what, we're going to try our best now. We have a new quarterback to kind of work in and get you more touches Then maybe reevaluate in the offseason, I think you would have signed up for it. So I don't view this as one of those situations where it's like basically you got to trade them. This is an mm-hmm. issue that is unsolvable and it's just the best at both sides apart. Again, if you're doing Hines more fair favor than anything else, then what are you really doing for your team? Like if you're Chris Bauer, don't you owe more to the other 52 guys in the locker room and you owe it to Frank Reich and you owe it to Jim Irsay to put them in the best positions to uh, succeed? rather than say oh you know i want to owe heinz one because i don't know we lied to him or screwed him or we just you know he's a good guy and deserves it well have him try to help out in indy instead of you know first instead of just trying to you know do good by him that just also brings me to the second point then george if you're going to trade heinz if you're going to take away again a weapon for sam ellinger and kind of signal that the tank is on why not go all in like we talked about two of the guys that if you, you know, we didn't really have Heinz on the radar as a guy to be traded. The two guys we talked about the most were to Gilmore and Unique and Gakwe and Parker's are their short-term deals. Gilmore's on a two-year deal and Gakwe's on a one-year deal. So when you look at this Colts team, they're not going to be very good probably next year, or at least let's just say definitely not Super Bowl contenders next year. So by the time you truly kind of turn things around, those two guys are going to be out of their prime and probably on at least one other team from now. Why not try to get any sort of draft capital back? When you're talking about a shutdown corner that was on display in Denver, you know, he, you saw him basically kind of defensively win that game in a primetime game. And a guy that, yes, again, Ngakwe has struggled so far and it has not lived up to the hype of what he's supposed to be as an edge rusher for the Colts and being that guy with constant pressure. But he's an edge rusher. You know, it's like one of the most important positions in all of the NFL. I have a hard time believing teams were not interested in a guy in Gilmore and a guy in Ngakwe and giving up some sort of, decent draft capital somewhere in the third, maybe even a second round range. I just, I don't get why if you're going to trade away Hines, why not just go all in then?
1: And that's, that's another reason I don't like the deal at all. I mean, because in and of itself, it didn't do anything to, to further any kind of definitive direction for this team. It didn't help anything out. Now it didn't help anything out in the future and you didn't do anything else around it. So you're not sold into a, a tank. You're still talking about trying to, you know, win games and, and make the playoffs. And, and I just, if anything, it signals sort of the lack of direction that this team has right now. I mean, uh, they keep talking about wanting to be a playoff contender and wanting to do their best to try to finish the season out the the way that they can, but you traded one of your top playmakers away, which is not really keeping in in, in that sense of things. Uh, And at the same time, you're not doing anything to, to really stockpile assets and put yourself in a position to you know, maybe be a big-time player in the draft next year. They have, I think, I think they have 10 picks right now. I think this is the third they've got from somebody else. I think they've got two sevenths, either two sixths or two fifths, depending on how that turns out, and either two thirds or two seconds, depending on how that turns out. So they do have you know, a stockpile, but it's not the kind of stockpile that, say, Philadelphia has uh, right. that they don't need with the best record in the NFL right now. That's a whole other argument. Uh, but you know, what I mean, they're, they're not going to be able to control the draft the way the Eagles could if they wanted to. It just feels like kind of aimlessly floating out at sea right now.
0: And, and that's a frustrating, like, you're right. And it's like this it goes to a bigger point of the Colts kind of being now one of these teams stuck in the middle. Wherever since Andrew Luck retired again, 2019 is nothing you could do when he retires tears for the season. 2020, you're 11 and five. And you kind of showed, hey, this team, if you can get, you know, a, a legitimate franchise quarterback in here and kind of just. Let's say you go one step above what Philip Rivers gave you. This is a team that could be winning playoff games. It could be on the outside looking in of a possible Super Bowl run. They tried there or they thought that was a guy with Carson Wentz. And now you look at this 2022 season. It's like, forget, like, they're not just a quarterback like, away. We've talked about this a lot. Like, there are so many holes that have been revealed with this team. Where it's like, if you're Chris Barrett, like, you just can't, I guess, hold on to ghosts and think we're going to either turn it around or we're close to, you know, Being a rock, like we don't have to tank, basically tear it down. We're still close to competing, just a two or three players away. Like that's not the case. You have to be able to GM to pivot when you see like things are not going our way and read the room. And I think that Chris Ballard failed to kind of read who the Colts truly are on Tuesday.
1: I also think that it's it's part of that that tension that we were talking about the struggle that you have in a franchise where what's best for the Colts moving forward right now probably isn't best for Chris Ballard. And definitely isn't best for, for Frank Reich. You know, if they commit to a full rebuild, they might not be around to, to see it. And I think that's one of the issues that that goes on right now in the NFL. You know, it tells me is that Jim Irsay didn't tell them, OK, go ahead and start from scratch and, and I'll let you start over. Uh, they're trying to, to piece it together and get something done this year. I, I don't know. You know, I I know the report that came out with Chris Mortensen, uh, you know, on Sunday and, and that they're both safe, but you said it that day, you know, that's at best the dreaded vote of confidence. Yeah. It never seems to go well for anybody. Uh, and I think everybody understands Frank Reich's under fire right now, including Frank Reich. He's made reference to it a few times talking about, you know, he's got to own this and, and that uh, the head coach and the quarterback are ultimately the the people who take the most of the brunt. He knows he's been around the league for 14 years. He knows how this story ends. I mean, played in the league for 14 years, He's been around a league much longer than that. He knows how this story ends. And and I think that's why they're stuck in that spot that we're seeing them in. Because you've got a head coach and a general manager who have to do at least a decent amount of an effort to try to win as much as they can this year. And a team that's probably honestly best off if they don't.
0: And then I think that's I think you're right. And that puts part of the blame then on Jim Ursay as well, whether like, it sounds bad to say, but I think it's just part of the truth. Like, if you got to lie and say, hey, you guys are safe, you know, make these moves and we'll kind of reassess. Like, I think if you're Jim, again, you're the only one guaranteed to not go anywhere. So you have to, and he definitely wants to see this Colts team win. He has to realize, you know what? It's time to give up the ghost, man. This is not a team that's turning around this year. This is not a team that's going to be a playoff team. And if by some miracle they do make the playoffs, this is not a contender whatsoever. You mentioned it. The best thing for the future of this team – is to tear it down, acquire as many draft picks as possible. Again, you can if you're Chris Ballard. I would, personally, if I was him, I would outfield, a little bit safer because again, his draft record, um, especially later on in the draft, has been pretty good. A lot more hits than misses. So at least you can feel confident that hey, you can lean on your track record of we got all these picks. Let me do my thing. We'll get a quarterback this year, and let me show you that you know I still got it. We can build a roster kind of over again, or maybe let's say retool a roster instead of rebuild. Yeah, you have so, still some pieces. But, like, that's, again, you got to be on Ursa to at least communicate that we need to sell something. Like, we need to in the be in the process of acquiring draft picks and losing as many games as possible. You have to communicate in that way where your two director reports in Frank Reich Chris Ballard feel comfortable enough to go down that direction. Instead of, Like I said, always kind of having, you know, looking behind their shoulder because they're worried that, you know, this could be the day that, you know, they're canned.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's always hard to sell Jim or on a, on a rebuild, you know, he came in to this preseason saying that he thought this was going to be the start of a new golden there. He was talking about Matt Ryan being a leader like Peyton Manning, you know, they, they thought that they had a team that could make a run and we kind of agreed with them. I mean, we thought this was a team that would win the AFC South, maybe win a playoff game. You know, they could make some noise this year, put themselves in a position where you add a couple pieces again next year and, and you're a contender again, uh, and I think it's hard for the owner to 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 give that up. I understand why, you know you were much more involved in the building of that team than than either of us were. Uh, and I, it's always harder. When your hands were on it, you know, when you were part of creating it, it's always harder to let it go. Uh, but I think what you've end up with now is is what we've been talking about this this whole segment, a team that's sort of no unified vision moving forward. You know what are they right now? Are they a team that's trying to win games and get back in this division race and get in the playoffs? Or are they a team that needs to be looking to the future? And you're kind of got one foot on both sides of that line. You know, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott, that would be a really <laughs> interesting starter. Sam Ellinger, uh, you know, starting at quarterback and you 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 admit you're evaluating him in, in some ways. Well, that's not something a playoff team does. Uh, but at the same time, you've kept guys around here like Gilmore and and, uh, and Gawkway. And, and a guy I really feel bad for is DeForest Buckner because here's a guy who is part of the future of this team you would think you know who is part of uh, of this franchise's cornerstones uh who kind of went through this at times in San Francisco and you know now he's got to try to 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 make sense of what's going on around him um it's just, it's not a good time i don't think it's a good time uh to be anybody in this franchise honestly
0: and you mentioned before too when you have kind of one foot on each side that never works out like that is the the that is the worst thing you could possibly do because that is the that is leading you directly to being stuck in the middle, and it's never allowing exactly what you want to go away. If you are kind of one foot, and eh, maybe we'll think about next year, but also I want to compete this year, you cannot compete and try to win and make the playoffs when there's one thought and kind of one foot in the other camp of, uh oh, maybe 2023 we should start thinking about that or vice versa. Oh, you know, maybe we'll start thinking about, you know, start looking ahead. But also, eh, kind of want to, you know, we're 3-4-1. and one. Maybe we can make a run. Like, that gets you nowhere in this league. It gets you nowhere. I've seen too many teams kind of fall for the bait of, oh, we're off to a hot start or Oh, you know, this is, you know, one thing goes our way. Maybe we can make a run. It never works out, George. It never does. And what I don't get to, if you're Jim and he's kind of, you know, you mentioned he doesn't want to rebuild. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, wants to win every single year. Well, he also had no problem pulling Matt Ryan after seven games. Like, he had no issue with that. You're going to pull Matt Ryan and, again, signal that basically this year is done in Sam Ellinger. What's the holdup? And then what's the reservation about then you're going all the way in and saying, you know what? Two, three trade pieces we have. Let's move them. Let's get some draft capital. Let's kind of start aiming uh, our focus at
1: 2023. Yeah, I mean, to me, you got to go all in one way or the other, right? Either Matt Ryan's your starting quarterback and you're adding at the deadline and you're trying to do everything you can to win. Or Sam Ellinger is your starting quarterback, and you're thinking more about the future, and you're evaluating him, and you and you should, you know, react that way. There, there's somewhere in between, and like you said, that ends poorly all the time. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you know, the the rest of the way. I think so much depends on where this draft pick ends up. That to me is the most fascinating thing the rest of this year. There's nine games left. Uh, you know, the record is what the record is. Maybe they sneak in. The AFC is still really bad. We cannot underestimate that part of this. The AFC is. is still really bad, Uh, much worse than we thought it was going to be coming into the year. Uh, But, you know, the record is what it is and, and it plays out. But to me, the most important thing is where are you picking in the draft and do you have a chance at, at one of the top quarterbacks?
0: Fingers crossed, George. That is the case at the end of the year, but the Colts – they they could have made it a lot easier for themselves if they just said you know what wait, the white flag on 2022 and instead you get one trade and I am Hines for like you mentioned before I think you summed up perfectly a bad running back and really an, uh, an inconsequential pick conditional fifth round pick maybe they'll find their next quarterback with that one uh, Sam Ellinger is a former sixth rounder but either way like I said that gets you nowhere to either competing this year or getting closer to losing as many games as possible and getting the best draft pick so. I, I don't know about how you characterize it. This feels like a big dud and a big fail a trade deadline watch for the Colts.
1: Yeah, I think it was an absolutely. I I just don't see the upshot to the trade at all. Like I said, the only way I see any benefit from this trade is 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 a money saving move, and and that doesn't really do much to help any of the things that we're talking about that need to be done. You you need to pick a direction here. You know, the head coach is saying full steam ahead. We're going to keep trying to win. That's only that's got a shelf life. I mean, let's oh, yeah. be honest. That's got maybe a week or two left on it uh, where you can legitimately say that if you, if you don't start winning right away.
0: You are 100% right about that. And we'll get into Frank right here uh, in a second because before the trade deadline came and went on Tuesday, we did have another move on offense made. Last week we had Matt Ryan Ryanbesch. This week we have offense coordinator Marcus Brady relieved of his duties. George and I will react to that move when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.